Okay. Hello and welcome everybody to Solid Foundation Podcast, episode number 21 with my wife, Crystal Regalado, our guest, Eileen Martinez, and myself, Gilbert Regalado. On Solid Foundation Podcast, we bring people in from our own community and we talk about the struggles because I believe everyone's had their own struggles, all different some similar but all different and unique to each other and i feel in our community it's very important for us to hear and get and so we can really get to know and relate to the people that we live and see all the time you never know what somebody's actually going through because not everyone goes around and just and and, and you know talks about what they've been through especially when it when it could be hurtful or painful so in this podcast is a chance for people of all walks of life here from our community to, to talk about what they've been through and what they've done to better themselves after what they've been through. So with with you, Eileen, I know we've been going over your story and letting people know what we're gonna be talking about today. And so we'll, we'll get into that. But if, if you could just give us a, a, a quick summary of, of you or you're born and raised in Santa Barbara how old you are now what you know what you're doing for a living and and what you're doing just a quick summary um well I was born here in Santa Barbara um I spent a few years in Arizona moved back in fourth grade um I'm 18 okay. um I don't know what else. okay no, that's, that's, that's perfect okay so one of the first things I want to go into with is, is we're always interested on what childhood what childhood looked like for like for you because I, I always like to see how it links to all the different teenagers like the different teenagers how they act and how they behave and what they go through. So what was um what was childhood like for you? Did you have two both parents in the house? Was it um. you know a loving relationship or? How was childhood? I had both parents until I was 13, and then they divorced, mm-hmm. which made things kind of hard, especially as a teenager, yeah. getting, like becoming a 13-year-old, like going into teenage years. Yeah, was it, were you have brothers and sisters, or you only Yeah, child? I had two sisters and a niece, so, okay. so niece I had like those you? family, yeah. Uh-huh. And sisters older or younger? Yeah, both of them are older. Okay. So... When the divorce happened, and did you have to choose who you were going to go live with? No. My mom automatically got me and my sisters. Automatic? Yeah. Were you able to keep a relationship with, with your father? Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Sometimes. Sometimes. So, as of, uh, you, so the father-daughter relationship wasn't, wasn't too active after 13? It's kind of fluctuated uh-huh. since. Before, were you guys pretty solid? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So that was definitely a blow to you when that divorce happened. And it's not... Did you kind of see it coming? Did you feel like they were always arguing or something like that? Yeah. Okay. And when when he left, both sisters stayed with you and and your niece stayed with you? Yeah. And so what was it like once he left in the, in the household? It felt kind of empty. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a lot of people together. We would always be like separated, not really together. But when when he did live there, you guys did make an effort to. We would be... do like little family activities, like go to the park, play some basketball. Mm-hmm. And yeah. after that, it kind of it just stopped. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, it would mostly just be like school, work, back home. Was it your mom was uh, extremely busy, or was she just? In a lot of pain and, and didn't know how to really cope with it is that why you think things kind of veered that way um i think it was like she was kind of worried about how we were going to survive off of just her salary and not like my dad's too mm-hmm. so she was working yeah a lot and how old were if you were 13 how old were your two sisters um my older sister was 16 and my other sister was 21 or 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you guys have a close relationship? Kind of. We're closer mm-hmm. now than we were back then. Back then, okay. Yeah, 21 and 
13 that's a world of a of a difference when it comes to age especially yeah. during that time and and the 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 niece that was your was your 21 year old's yeah daughter right yeah and the 16 year old were you any closer to her or was it kind of the same relationship as you had with the 21 year old sister kind of the same uh-huh did yeah. so how did that how did that make you feel did you have friend a lot of friends at school and it kind of yeah. filled that void yeah i really just like kept active with my friends mm-hmm. and mostly just spent more time with my friends and my family like my grandma than yeah. i did with like anyone else all right and what elementary school did you go to i went to roosevelt roosevelt and then 13 you went to what Coomber junior high Coomber? yeah okay so from your childhood going into your teenage years did did was it like a was it a pretty rough transition for you yeah yeah um well so in school i was like having a hard time all the time because i have a learning disability uh-huh. so i would fall behind in school and try to catch up what was the learning disability um I'm not too sure what it like the name is, uh-huh. but um, I'm kind of just like I fall behind and can't concentrate too much. Oh, okay, like yeah. ADHD, just hard for you to concentrate and focus. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty. It's pretty. It happens a lot now. So, you, so you were falling pretty behind. Was that what affected you the most? Was just your schoolwork and falling behind, or was social life? A little different now that you're a teenager at this time? Social life was really different, especially since, like, going from elementary to junior high, I didn't have any friends at all because mm-hmm. all of my friends were going to a different junior high and, like, we were all separated. Yeah. So from Roosevelt, when you went to Lacumbra, no friends from Roosevelt ended up following you to Lacumbra? No, I just went on my own. <laughs> and Lacumbra was... Because I I went to Lacumber too, but when I first went, it was a middle school. So it was 6th, 7th, and 8th. At this time, was it only 7th and 8th? Yeah. Okay. And the the kids there, your first day of school, you pretty much knew nobody? Yeah. It was really nerve-wracking. Uh-huh. How, how, did, um, how long did it take for you to start making friends at Lacumbra? Um... Probably like a few days, honestly. That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the friends, do you still some to this day? Or yeah, yeah, oh, that's I do cool. have a few. Yeah, that's that's awesome. The so the the tell us a little bit more about what what junior high was like. Would you get up, get dropped off at school? Would you take the bus? Did you walk to school? Well, um, in junior high, me and my family lived in Lompoc. So oh, no. we would travel from Lompoc to Santa Barbara, and then, like, they would drop me off super early at, like, 7 in the morning, and then I would just stay until school started. And sit there at school waiting for it to start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've tried that Lompoc travel before as well, and it's nothing easy and nothing <laughs> nice. And so you get dropped off, typical day at school, you, you, did you... Do you remember, like, did you like school? Did you try and try to do good, but your your learning disability just kind of held, held you back? Or did you not like school and just wish you weren't there? Um, A bit of both. Uh-huh. It would be like, I want to be there, but then other times I would be like, I don't want to be here. And your friends, <laughs> kind of the same mindset? Yeah, teenager yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. And lunch, did come lunchtime, did you, did you enjoy lunchtime and being able to socialize or was that more of a nerve-wracking thing from on a social standpoint socializing with my friends was a lot easier cool. during lunch so you than... enjoyed the the lunchtime yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right and i only ask because during school especially when i was in junior high i probably that's what i disliked the most because being a loner not having a lot of friends is uh, you know, and of course you think everybody's watching you so that you, I always felt like people were watching me not doing anything, being a loner. So that's why I always ask, like to get different, you know, viewpoints on that. And so you, uh, after lunch, you go back to school. What After school, especially when you live out of town, and like you said, you got dropped off very early. 
did you have to wait around for a while? Did you have a lot of free time after school to... Uh, my parents put me into, well, my mom put me into the boys and girls, my boys and girls, uh, <laughs> the after school program, yeah. um, where I pretty much would just like do homework or like any other stuff that I wanted to do. Right there on campus? Yeah. The after school program? And then like, if I didn't want to do that, then I would walk to my grandma's house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, so your grandma lived pretty close by? Uh, <laughs> no. It was like an hour walk. <laughs> oh, all right. And yeah. you would you walk solo or did you have your friends with you? I would usually have like a friend or two with me. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And so you didn't you didn't mind that too much. It was no. better than kind of just sitting around not doing nothing. Yeah. Time to socialize and walk. So that was pretty much your typical days in in the Coomber and in junior high. Yeah. For the most part. And so um that was 13 to so 13 14. And from what we were saying earlier, the, what you, 13, 14, for Lacumba, right? And then I high school? Actually, uh, and I, um, in junior high, I was 11 through 13 because I went to school early. Uh-huh. So I was 11 when I went into uh, to junior high and then turned 12 and then 13 in there. Then you graduated in 13. And then what <laughs> high school did you go to? I went to Santa Barbara. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, alumni here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went there for a little bit myself as well. The uh, what was what was that? Did you have some friends from the Coomba follow you to Santa Barbara? Or did you have to start all over again at that school? Uh, I had a few friends, but not too many. Well, and not that many. Just a couple good ones. All huh? most of my friends, my freshman year, were from band because uh-huh. I was in marching band during the summer. For into... the Lancers or. Uh, no, for Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. Because we did the fiestas parades, so we went in to band early, so. It was, was that your first time ever doing instruments in band, or? No, I had been playing, uh, the flute since fifth grade. Oh, okay. And did you make some new friends as well at SB? Yeah. I started making friends right away in band. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you able to mesh them in with your existing friends that you knew from the Coomba, or was it kind of two separate sets? Two separate sets. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I mean, that's pretty common, right? Uh, um. So, the when when did you first start talking with with boys and uh, meeting with boys? Was it was it uh something you were open to were you kind of shy and they had to approach you how did that go um well I had my first boyfriend in for like my freshman year um it was really nerve-wracking so I was always like super shy didn't really want to talk to anyone um was it like that type of relationship where um you didn't hold hands you didn't (laughs) even talk to each other but you guys were together Uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. Yeah. And the and the, was he in band too? Is that how you? Yeah. Um, and so that that relationship is is it was it is it that boy that we're gonna be talking about later? A different no. one. Okay. 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 Good. That's good to know. So with this one, how 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 long did the relationship go for? Um, well, I had known this guy since junior high, mm-hmm. so, like, we just were talking on, like, Snapchat, just talking, like, friends, and, um, then we decided to hang out, and we ended up going to a park, and it was nighttime, I felt, like, I felt like I shouldn't have gone. But wait, wait, I think I, either I lost track, or, or maybe, uh... With your original boyfriend, your first boyfriend, the one from band, uh-huh. that this is the one you're talking about. No. Okay, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh. Yeah. So your your first relationship. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. Because <laughs> uh, I want to just talk about your first relationship a little okay. bit. How um, how was that for you? Was it a good experience? Uh, <laughs> kind of awkward experience. Awkward. Yeah. How long did the relationship last for? Um, like six months, maybe. Oh, dang. No. Yeah, that's a that, long time. A long time for an awkward relationship. But yeah. That, it was mostly probably like, like you say, um, 
snap snapchat you saying communicating through snapchat maybe talking on the phone yeah. but you guys really didn't spend too much time together yeah and personally yeah <laughs> so that that did you but did you learn some things from that first relationship no no <laughs> It was kind of a well. That what not to yeah. do? Yeah, it was kind of like oh, that's a that was a that was an experience that I yeah. won't forget. But you didn't learn too much from it. And so did did that for future boys? Did that like turn you off in any way? Did you feel like well, is this what relationships are? Like if if so, then I'm not even too interested in them. It was kind of like that. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and then what what attracted you to the to the next boy how did you get involved with the with um with did you have another boyfriend before you met this individual we're going to talk about or no. did you meet this individual next well i i had known that guy since junior high so okay. that's pretty much like reconnecting i guess so you knew him back in the cumbra yeah and he's always had seemed cool nothing nothing off nothing weird about him yeah kind of yeah i still got like kind of weird vibes uh-huh. but i kind of just ignored them yeah until something actually ended up happening yeah well like now that you can look back in retrospect like what do you remember those weird vibes like what do you think were making you feel them like what actions was he doing or what was it in you that made you feel looking back now like that made you feel kind of weirded out um I'm not too sure. Um, I feel like I had like this weird feeling. I don't know what kind of feeling it was. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I couldn't trust like this person. But I, as a teenager, it's kind of just like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just going to still do it because it's something to do. Yeah. So you, you kind of just had like a sixth sense about it. You really didn't, you really couldn't explain what it was you just had that feeling yeah and did um how long were you guys talking or messaging prior to you spending any personal time with him one-on-one um i want to say a few weeks mm-hmm. i'm not too sure it's been a while yeah was he like in the same circle of friends as you no no very different very different did he what were some of the things he would talk about, if you could remember, in, um, in your guys' either messaging or phone conversations? Um, I'm not too sure if I can remember anything from that anymore. Mm-hmm. Leading up to the, to the point where you actually went up uh, and went to go to the park with him, what did, did he kind of ask you if you wanted to go with him? Was it a mutual thing where you guys were walking in the same direction? Um, how did that unfold? So we like met on State Street and mm-hmm. we just ended up walking and I didn't even realize that we were getting to the park until like it was already there. Uh-huh. And so like, I don't know. Yeah, you guys didn't even plan. You were just kind of walking around yeah. and ended up at the, at the park. Yeah. And when you guys met on State Street, were you were you two alone, or did you have um, some other friends with you, kind of walking around? We were alone. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was one way or another. It was planned to kind of meet on State Street to to link up. Yeah. And at this time, you you trusted him. You didn't necessarily trust him one hundred percent, but you trusted him as a as enough to to go with them alone and and as a friend. Yeah. Right. Nothing more. Just a friend. Yeah. And did did he ever give you like any any clues that he wanted more from you, or did he always play it like he just wanted to be your friend? Um, he didn't really act like he wanted to be my friend. He acted like more. Uh huh. But I kept on giving off vibes, saying like I only want to be friends. Like just back off. Like, yeah. The, and so you got to you you got to see him. In band practice and things like that. It wasn't no. in band. Oh, it wasn't. It was in like band? in a different circle, away oh. from all of the stuff that I did. Oh, okay. So in in the even in Lacumbre, he was within a different circle of friends. You guys just knew each other. Yeah. Okay. And so, to just to recap, you guys meet, 
you he's not giving you the you're you're getting a weird vibe from him he's kind of getting trying to maybe drop hints that he wants a little bit more than just a friendship you're you're trying you're making it clear that you don't want um anything more than a friendship you guys go to meet on state street you guys take a walk and then you end up at uh, at a nearby park was it like upper state um well it was at kids world kids world okay yeah okay and around what time is this i want to say around like seven or eight seven or so it's already either kind dark, of dark or it's getting dark yeah. like if it's around summertime it's it's getting it's getting darker yeah and so what what makes you guys stop at the park um i'm not too sure like why we stopped there mm-hmm. did you live in lompoc at this time your freshman year um no this was my sophomore year no this is your sophomore year yeah so you were living in town already yeah did you live by oak park or uh kids, kids world? world no no um i lived on the east side oh, okay yeah so did did you you have a lot of freedom after schools kind of to to walk or hang out with friends and just come home yeah on whenever because you're either your mom was working or she just cut you slack yeah okay so yeah there was nobody nobody at home worried like where's eileen at it's it's eight o'clock at night she's still not home there's nothing like nothing like that okay so you guys you guys get at the park one way or other you guys decide to to stop did at that point did you start to get very uncomfortable or were you still kind of just uh you know i don't really know what's what's uh there's nothing doesn't seem like there's nothing bad going on here i'm just hanging out with a friend how did it seem once you guys stopped there i started feeling really uncomfortable since it was really dark there was no one around it was kind of sketchy especially yeah. since it's a park at night <laughs> yeah and i know you're how what's the size of of this guy that that you're hanging out with because i know you're a as you say on your ig a fun size <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're a petite young woman so just so i you know i have a i have a better image the people listening they get a better image of, of who you're of who this guy is that you're that you're at the park with um he was taller mm-hmm of course stronger than me like i'm not very strong mm-hmm. <laughs> um like i don't know like a lot stronger than i was a little taller yeah i don't know how much like taller. you had to like look up a lot not a, not like too much but like, like a big guy kind of like. okay. mm-hmm. so you guys are starting you guys have decided to to stop there you're already feeling uncomfortable what what are the events that start to unfold if you could walk us through that um i had told him saying like i told him that i wasn't feeling very comfortable and that i wanted to like leave that area and he decided to grab my arm and try to keep me there and like i got like this huge bruise all across my arm um and then I was still trying to leave, obviously, but he wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay there, very scared. So when right when you told him you were kind of you don't want to be there, you were pretty much ready to walk off already. Yeah. And then he that's when he grabbed you by your arm, and it wasn't a gentle grab; it grabbed you hard enough to to give you bruises, and you could feel it was painful. Mm-hmm. And so your heart starts racing at this time. And what happens next? Um, at that point, I was literally just still trying to, like, have him let me go. Mm-hmm. Like, I even tried to use my nails to, like, try to get his hand off of me. But it wouldn't work. And he ended up pulling me. So that way I would sit right next to him. Mm-hmm. And, um... I'm not, um, there was like a lot that happened. 
Um, I said, well, I only want you to talk about with whatever you're comfortable with. Um, when he when he goes to grab you, is he saying mean things at this time? Or is he trying to talk nice but have mean actions? Talk nice and have mean actions. So like, how like what was playing in your head when that was going on? I, I could only imagine like how confusing that is where somebody's verbally being nice to you yet physically causing you harm. It was really hard huh. and scary. Um, I felt like I had no way to escape. Mm-hmm. And like there was no one there to help me. You felt completely helpless. Yeah. Did you did you um, try to like scream, make noise, or were you so afraid that you really couldn't even think of what to do in that situation? I was really afraid and felt like I couldn't even speak. Mm-hmm. I was really frozen up and just felt like I couldn't even call out to anyone. Yeah. And so he pulls you back and sits you down next to him. Do you guys talk for a while? Does he even attempt to try to make you feel comfortable in any way? Or does he start assaulting you right away? He started assaulting me right away. And so he pretty much had his mind made up already of what he was going to do? Yeah. And in the when the assault happened, did he like go straight for trying to force himself on you to have sex or did he like physically abuse you like was he hitting you or was he just trying to get straight you know he was just getting straight to the point and did was he even saying anything verbally at the time no he wasn't even saying anything to me he just started doing everything yeah so where did your mind go well, this was happening. Um, I was honestly thinking, like, how am I supposed to survive after this? Like, how am I supposed to go on with my days knowing that this is happening? Like, while the action was happening, were you trying to, like, um, I mean, obviously people hear certain stories of other people's assaults and they just replay like a story in their head or they count or like do you remember what was in your mind at that time no I honestly don't even remember what was going through my mind like I I honestly just felt the pain and all I remember was having bruises all up and down my arms the day after so the the assault how long do you think it lasted from the set when he grabbed you to when you left the park? I'm going to say like 10, 15 minutes. And during that time, you're, you're so scared and it's hard for you to even think, let alone act. Are you, are you, um, kind of obstructing obstructing him in any way or you or you kind of don't push want. him off uh-huh. which is one reason why I got more bruises especially like around my wrists um I remember I also had bruises on my legs too um yeah yeah from you trying to fight and then him trying to fight to to get what he was after yeah so after that what happened next? Like, how, did he just get up and leave, or how did that happen? He got up and left, and I ran straight to my grandma's house because it's only a few blocks away from there. So I just had to run straight there. Like, I was crying the entire way there, but I also was too scared to let anyone else know about it at the time. Mm-hmm. So I literally just wiped up my tears and walked inside so that way no one would see. When he left, did he run off or did he just like, oh, I finished my, what I wanted to do and just walked off nonchalantly? He had a skateboard, so he just automatically skated away, like right after. And when you ran home, 
Was your grandma awake? Did she see you come in? Or did you um, run like straight to the bathroom? My grandma was awake and everyone else was too, but I also didn't want anyone to see me. So I just kept my head down so no one would see like my eyes being all puffy and mm-hmm. like red. And like a lot of people have asked me like, what were you wearing that day? And every time that I tell them what it was, they say like, how could that have even happened if you were wearing that? Because I was wearing a flannel, just buttoned up all the way, and jeans and, like, combat boots. Mm-hmm. Like, a regular outfit. But a lot of people say that sexual assault happens because of clothes. And it's definitely not because mm, of that. No, it's because of fucked up men in the head. That's all it is. It's yeah. nothing that a woman can do to entice sexual assault or yeah. rape. So... I mean, that's the way I feel and see it. 100%. I can wear whatever I want. If I want to go to the store in a bikini, that's my right. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm inviting someone to have sex with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm all about wear what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and it it can happen with whatever you're wearing, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially if they're stronger and bigger than you and there's nobody coming to help and they got all the time, that doesn't matter what you're wearing. Yeah. When you, what was your first thing to do when you got home? Was it, did you immediately feel like uh, you wanted to shower, sleep, try to forget? What was, like, what, walk us through what happened as, as soon as you got into your grandma's and you passed everybody who was, who was there? Um, as soon as I got in my grandma's house, I went straight to the bathroom and just washed my face. Because I knew that my eyes were really puffy and that if anyone were to see me like that, they would just question me. And if they were to question me, I'd break down automatically. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want my grandma to see me like that. And so how was that first night of... Did or did you have your own room? Did you go home? Did you sleep at your grandma's? Um, I went to my house and at the time I shared a room with my sister. And so I went straight to the bathroom there, took a shower, um, and just fell asleep after like, like lightly crying Mm because I didn't want my sister to hear me. And, um, it was kind of nerve wracking too at the same time because I didn't want anyone else to know about it. You you already automatically just had this deep feel of shame. Yeah. And that, and that that's what it was that made you didn't want anybody else to know about it yeah so the next morning when you wake up oh. is this on a, like a weekend or is like the next morning like a school day a school day did you have any classes with this guy no no did you see him i saw him a few times yeah. and there were literally rumors about me the next day about like the all these guys saying that I was a slut mm-hmm. or a whore because I had supposedly wanted it. Oh, so he had already let people know, like, oh, I slept with her. Yeah. So that you're already feeling like shit, obviously, yeah. right? And then now you go to school and you're being called you're you're being called a slut and and bad names like that yeah so does that just crush you even more or are you numb and you're not even really feeling or or is this not affecting you it crushed me even more like um i would usually go to like the school psychiatrist and talk to her and she mostly just talked me through what to do like how to cope with something like that Mm -hmm. um and you opened up right away to her Kind of. Like, I told her that it was, like, in a different person's perspective, as if it was, like, a third person. Mm -hmm. That way, she wouldn't automatically try to report everything, Mm because I knew that it would hurt me even more and drag it around longer than it should have been, Mm -hmm. or than I wanted it to be. So you went to her saying, hey, I know this happened to a friend, or what, or what would you suggest if something like this happened? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that helped you? Kind of. What, do you remember what 
she said that really like maybe resonated with you or that kind of helped you cope with it? Um, she kind of just said like, make sure that you count your breaths and like focus on the moment and like stuff like that. Like how to like, like calm, calm yourself down. Yeah. Like when you're having anxiety or a panic attack, kind of thinking about that stuff. She, yeah. She was able to give you exercises to use to, to calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. Do you Do you remember feeling any type of also relief by you not just holding that in to yourself, but also not maybe straightforward because you didn't tell her it was you that it happened to, but telling somebody? Yeah. Did you feel like a little load? come off your shoulders by talking about little, it like i felt a little relief after telling someone uh-huh and and how long did you go before you opened up to somebody else other than the school psychiatrist um it took me almost half a year after to tell my mom about what happened and she was the first one other than the school psychiatrist yeah yeah did did your friend, your girlfriends or friends that were actually yours, when they're hearing all these rumors of what was going around school, how did they approach you about, about that? They asked me what happened, what's going on. And like one day, one of my friends actually saw one of the bruises right here on my wrist. And she automatically questioned me asking what happened. And I just lied because I couldn't like tell anyone right away mm-hmm. it felt like too shameful to even talk about back then and what were what were some of the the stories you were telling them of why of why that happened um I would just say like my cousin hit me with a ball while we were playing mm-hmm. like something like that yeah and they I mean they seen you every day so they knew one day you didn't have bruises. The next day, all these rumors around are going around school about you and this boy, and now you have bruises. Do you think they suspected something, or did they kind of just believe you because that's what you said? My close friends probably knew right away, mm-hmm. but other people would probably just be like, oh, okay, that's just what happened. Um... Um, some friends that I had ended up calling me a slut too after what happened because mm-hmm. they believed him and they didn't believe me. When you said they didn't believe me, is it because you said, no, we didn't have sex or because you opened up and said, like, no, he raped me? I literally, I just always lied about everything at first. Like, I always said, like, it didn't happen this this isn't what happened. So you would just say, no, I never, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't sleep with them. How, how did that conversation come up with your, with your mom when you, when you first let her know about what had happened? Um, so I would always be like alone at my house. So I would always write on my laptop and like just write a little story. And one day I had decided to just write it all down on a piece of paper. And then I gave it to my mom a few weeks after I did that. And we both cried together. And um, it was just all very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> was Was there... After now that your mom knew, was there any more relief on, did it help you a little more? Did it make it worse for you? What was it like for you when you told your mom? I felt kind of relief, but I was still scared, Mm -hmm. wondering if she was going to say anything to me. I knew that she wouldn't because she's my mom, but I still felt kind of scared. Like say anything like what? That would scare you. Um, some people would say, like, I don't believe you, mm-hmm. which is one thing that I was really afraid about with my mom. But she believed me right away. So that was a lot of relief. Mm-hmm. 
And what were the actions your mom wanted to take? Because you're saying this is six six months, right? Yeah. Before. So now she she's read the story. You guys have talked about it. What was her reaction as far as, like, what did she want to do? Did she want to press charges? Did she want to just honor you and, and keep it secret because you wanted to keep it secret? Kick, her ass, kick his ass herself. Like, what did she do? <laughs> Jeez. Um... She wanted me to report it right away, but I told her that I didn't want to drag it out because, like, it was also really nerve-wracking still after six months. Um, um, it was also, like, really scary, and she just said, like, I'll let you take your time on what you want to do and how you want to do it. So, um, so she just let me report it whenever I wanted to, and she would be there to support me. You knew eventually you did want to report him? Yeah, but once I went to the school, because my junior year, it had already started, um, he was in one of my classes, and I went to my counselor right away and told her, I don't want to be in this class, it's because of this. And so she had called the police and reported it for me. But when I talked to the police officer about that, they said that it would just be dragged along and I would get hurt more. Oh my God, wow. And that sometimes courts don't believe survivors and that most of the time they listen to the rapist because there's no physical proof of it happening. And so did they refer you to like some kind of counselor therapy or they just said, oh, we can't, you know, pretty much all this negative stuff. Did they tell you anything or give you anything that was helpful for you? Um, well, I still went to the school psychiatrist and talked to her about everything. Um, they sent me to therapy after, which was really hard since... It was kind of just like something that's new. I didn't know what was going on. And yeah, it was kind of like confusing for me on having everything new and like, yeah. Was, did this boy ever try to speak to you again? even look at you funny or anything like that or did he try to pretend like he never knew you after he tried to talk to me a bunch of times and I just always ignored Mm -hmm. tried to pretend like I couldn't hear this person always walked past like even if he tried to talk to me I would always just walk past and away from it like talk to you like a friend like nothing ever happened or was he trying to um, he was jokes still trying like to make, like, like be mean. He was still trying to be mean and make fun of me. And then when you had told the counselor, they brought in the police. At any point, did they bring him in to question him? I don't know if they ever did. They never told me if they did. It was just is, if you were to press charges or not, then you would know pretty much. Yeah. Do you see him around now? Um, I saw him once last year during the summer. I got, I froze up right away. It was on State Street while like going shopping with a friend. And I automatically just froze up and was just like, oh my gosh, this guy is here. Like still freaking out. Yeah. Did you, did he try to look at you, talk to you, approach you? He tried looking at me. And I automatically, like, kept my head down, didn't want to see him. So the rest of your high school, the rest of the time in high school, did it completely change? Did you not want to even be around friends anymore? Did you try to forget about it and and move forward? What was the rest of your high school life like after? Honestly, after... After it happened, I started smoking weed right away. 
just like as a coping mechanism trying to forget about everything um kind of like getting scared wondering like like I was always with a friend if I ever did that Mm -hmm. but I would always be like worried about everything so prior to this happening like um I maybe I don't remember but prior to this happening when you were in high school how did you get home like were you picked up did you walk home um so I would go to my grandma's house most of the time still because like walking there though yeah yeah so then after this did you continue walking there did you make sure you had a friend or were you scared like what like after this happened did you were you scared of that happening to you again I always asked my uncle for a ride after to take me home because I was always so afraid. And were you afraid of running him, like, that guy? Or were you afraid of, like, just any guy? Any guy. At that point, I was so afraid about everything. Like, wondering if I turn my back on someone and all of a sudden it'll happen again. Yeah. So you get picked up now from school and get go to your grandma's. I know you said there were some of your so-called friends that ended up turning on you and calling you names. Yeah. The friends that you did keep, did you keep like an active relationship with them? Did you ever go out and try to have good times? Or were these some kind of very dark, depressing times after? I honestly distanced myself from a lot of people. Like... I barely talked to anyone. I only had like one or two friends that I would socialize with. And even then I would barely talk to them. It was always really hard after. They never question you like what's up or what what happened? That what? Why is this sudden change? Um, sometimes they would ask me. But they wouldn't talk to me too much about it. Because they can feel like, like, I had given off, like, these type of vibes that would always be, like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, can you not? Yeah. So, we, we, you've talked to the school counselor, the psychiatrist, and now you've let your mom know. When did you start letting other, other people know? Because I know now you talk about it freely. Obviously, we're doing this podcast. So did you, after six months is the mark when you let your mom know, how long after did you start opening up to others about it? Honestly, until recently that I started opening up about it. It's been like maybe two or three months that mm-hmm. I've been talking about it socially, like telling people like this happened to me. It happens to other people all the time, anywhere. And what usually, like what brought that up? Was it? Was then it was it them asking questions like, "Hey, I think what when what really happened that night?" Or you see you see it in a movie, so you guys start talking about it. Like what what brought it up that made you start speaking about it? Um. To you to your close, to your close friends or family. To my family, I honestly just talked to them about, like, I honestly haven't told a lot of my family. But I'm pretty sure that they already found out with all of the other ones that I already told. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, I'm not too sure. It's, you said mm-hmm. shortly after you, you felt a lot of shame. At what point did you feel like... Because obviously, you know, talking to you, you feel confident about it. And you know it wasn't your fault. At what, what was your shift? Like, what happened to make you feel like... It's not my shame to carry anymore. I had on I had seen like news stories of like survivors going off about like po- politicians and all that and mm-hmm. so I was just mm-hmm. like if these women are brave enough to even like talk on the news and show their faces for that then I could do it for the people who are in my town and the people who are around me. And like like when you, um, when you were, uh, never mind. I'm trying to like form my question, but mm-hmm. 
it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It'll come. I, I, like, I have a question, kind of reverse of what Crystal just asked. Uh, and I know it's common to, to most um, people who, who, especially women who are assaulted, but like what, I know, I know it's shame, but like, what did you learn or who were you, who did you learn it from that if you were to be assaulted, which had nothing to do with being your fault, like why was shame the, the instant feeling you had? Um... Honestly, he made me feel like I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And like, no matter what I did, I couldn't be comfortable with someone else or with anyone else. So is it a matter of like a feeling of being violated? Yeah. So like when you were when you were watching, you know, politicians and all these other stories, were you actively looking for that or were you like seeking like people that had gone through similar things with you or it just started like appearing it just started appearing and I honestly felt like honestly I felt like it was just time to express how I felt yeah and what happened I know that some people it takes years like or lifetimes or never yeah but I felt like it was my time to be able to share it and be able to speak up for other people like me. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's courageous like I've been saying. And what you're doing now hopefully is going to help somebody else. Like you you for you you got to see on the news, right, with politicians and women speaking out against them. That that for some may be may be too too much on another level to where they really can't relate to them right they're on tv they were assaulted by a a politician they don't know any politicians right Mm -hmm. but you eileen lives in santa uh, lives in santa barbara born and raised in santa barbara went to all the schools here in santa barbara there's a lot of young ladies out there who can relate to that so that's why i do think what you're doing here today is so powerful and I want to congratulate you again for doing so. Thank you. Well, I know Chris and I, we always talk about when once you start, once you set a goal or you put your mind towards something, it's like the universe opens up and starts putting that in front of you. So that's kind of like what you're saying. There was something in your mind that made you think, I, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to feel more empowered. And then... Kind of the universe opened up and started either putting it in your news feed, putting it on TV, either way started putting it to, towards your attention, right? So as you're, as you're seeing more and more of this, what other, what other um, practices or strategies are you doing to kind of pull yourself out of that, out of that depression? Um, honestly, I've always kept active, always had something in my mind constantly like oh what day am i working what day am i going to school like mm-hmm. i would always keep myself busy no matter what so it would always be like a distraction mm-hmm. to keep myself from like thinking about everything and now now you still keep yourself busy right you always keep yourself busy but are you still using being busy as a distraction or have you been more have you healed some sense to where you can think about that and you don't blame yourself you know you 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 think about that and you don't and you don't feel violated like you do you is that the case or 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 not i don't blame myself i just know that i like i was assaulted it wasn't my fault and that this guy had a really horrible mind and was just not, I don't know how to actually say that. I don't want to say like mentally there because that sounds kind of rude. Piece of <laughs> shit. He's a piece yeah, of there shit. You go. There you go. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. So since you have like started, you said it, you've been open, you've been opening up like 
for the past like two three months has anybody approached you like oh this happened to me too or oh yeah yeah a lot of people have and I feel really great being able to talk to these people and be able to help them out too especially like I've had some people come up to me and tell me that the courts like they have actually gone to court and they didn't listen to them and that other survivors literally don't get heard and it's just um so I had one person come to me and say that her assaulter's parents tried to file restraining orders on her and her parents because they were trying to say all of this stuff about their son but that's mm-hmm. obviously not the case. Yeah, so when the cops did tell you, when the cops were brought in and they did tell you, look, you can file charges, but what it's going to do is it's going to drag out. Probably you're not going to be nothing coming from it. Yeah. It's not that they were saying, hey, we don't believe you. It's not worth it. Just like what you said. You've heard many stories of people taking it to, to trial and it not it just being dragged out. So yeah. they weren't coming from a from a... From a a point of, we don't want to hear you, you're lying. They were telling you their experience that, hey, it's probably not going to get the results that you want. Yeah. Hmm. Before you go on that, um, you uh, we are doing, like, if you guys do have questions, go ahead and put them on there. Let me go ahead and see if there are any questions. We'll you... start with the questions. Well, if there are any. Do you guys have any questions? So the... Um, with uh, keeping busy. You forgot about the cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's sleeping. So when when you're able to share your story with somebody who's been through and they're going to you and they're asking you advice, do you find it pretty therapeutic for yourself? Like, is it healing you more and more and helping you with you coping with what happened when you're helping others? It definitely helps me out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it helps others when they come and talk to me because I always, like, keep it confidential, obviously, because I know that if I were to tell someone, but, like, when it happened, I wouldn't have wanted them to tell other people. Mm -hmm. So I always keep that in mind when other people tell me their stories. Yeah, it's always that fine line, right? Like, you want to do something about it, but you also want to respect the person who's telling you that they don't want you to do yeah. anything about it so um i know like, as far as where i come from uh from being a father of three daughters myself plenty of um, nieces um goddaughter what like if i had to choose between me being in a room with their assaulter, just him and I, for 10 minutes, and I could do whatever I want and not be, uh, <laughs> that you know, not have, to, not have to do any time or even do time, just give me 10 minutes alone with them. If I had to choose between that or my girls and, and the, to have a mindset like yours to where they aren't going to let it affect them the rest of their life, I would choose for their mindset. Because, yeah, I could go, I could make sure the assaulter never assaults another woman in his life. I could make sure he never took another breath in his life. But that wouldn't, that wouldn't make my girls, that wouldn't heal them. So I think what, the way you're going about it is the way that I know I would want somebody that I love and care about to to go about it. Mm-hmm. One moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it stopped because it's been an hour. So hold on. What do you want the title to be? Just uh, Podcast number 21 with Eileen Martinez. Because <laughs> there was a question on there I want you to answer. 21. What was the question? There was one question. Hold on. Videos uploading. <laughs> okay, let's go live again. Sorry, guys. It cuts you off after an hour. 
Sorry, Rachel, can you ask your question again? I didn't write it down. Oh, wait, yes. I think I remember. What is your response to when someone comes to you and, t- like, wants your support or tells you about their sexual experience? What is, what's your response to them? Um, I'm always, um, my response to other people is always just caring, supporting, making sure that they're feeling safe and okay with that, like, with being able to share their story with me. And just making sure that they're okay with knowing that I'm here for them. Nice. So you're not like, oh, you have to go, you know, go report them or you have to do this, you have to do that. You're just more like, you're you're there for them. Mm-hmm. Were were there any other questions that you guys had? We're we're at that point now in the interview where we'll start taking questions. Uh, if you have them, uh, if you guys just joined right now because you got cut off, can mm-hmm. you repeat the question that you just asked? I mean, yes. I'm sure they heard the answer, but maybe they didn't hear the question. Yes. So Rachel had asked, what is her response when someone approaches her about their own experiences or their own sexual assault experience? The, the, the people that are opening up to you, are they people close or kind of like I like on Instagram social media or they're actually people personally that you know both um I've had some people text me through social media and just text me one like they just text me because they see my story I'm always posting about how like survivors aren't the ones to blame like stuff like that so they feel like they can come to me. Mm-hmm. Like I've had people just say, like, you seem like someone who is just approachable and that you can just listen in. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. The um you know, uh Crystal and I had spoke a little bit when we were prepping for the podcast and uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with our nonprofit solid foundations, but being still confidence in the youth through martial arts fitness work ethic and family values and one of the things that um one of the programs that were run while we were before this mm-hmm. closed down was crystal teaches an all women's jujitsu class so we wanted to offer you the a full scholarship to to start training and you know go try it out see how you see how you like it and it's all it's all like-minded women that are that are empowered, looking to get more empowered, and also great fitness, as you said, it's another thing to keep you real busy, and you'll learn some, you know, valuable skills when it comes to self-defense, or doesn't even have to be self-defense, you want to be offensive with it, you could use it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all for it. But yeah, it, it, you know, it's women's self-defense and jujitsu. I believe that jujitsu is the ultimate self-defense. Um, in the beginning of the classes, I always teach, you know, like certain movements that are mainly just self-defense. Like if someone were to grab you, someone were to choke you, like stuff like that. But what you're learning is mainly jujitsu and it's muscle memory. So when, as you know, when you're in that situation, you freeze up. So what you're thinking about just goes out the door. So it's what your muscle memory is all used to. So that's why, you know, we are always say, don't just go to a self-defense class, like just one a month or one a year. Because when it actually happens, you're not going to remember. So that's why I always say jujitsu, like jujitsu will definitely help you. So. So we had another question come through from, from Elena. That's my, one of my goddaughters I was talking about right there. <laughs> How um, did you feel when you were finally able to open up about it? And I know you went over that uh, uh, kind of in stages from when you opened up to a counselor, then you opened up to your mom, then you opened up to others. And so now that you've opened up to the whole world, what what's the feeling you're having with all that kind of combined? It definitely feels like there has been, like, this whole, like, weight lifted off my chest. Like, I feel like nothing can stop me. That's right. (laughs) Where's our background music? (laughs) 
I'll, I'll have to add it in when I'm doing the editing. The um, so because it's almost like like you were carrying this this baggage with you, right? Yeah. And now you're kind of letting it go. Yeah. That's awesome. What are your plans for the future, though? Like, not just with the, like, yeah, with this, like, do you feel like this is helping you shape what your goals are for whatever you, you know, plan to do? What are you planning? Are you still doing hair? I'd want to keep on doing hair. <laughs> so do you feel like, like, what, like, what are your plans now? Um, well, I want to go back to cosmetology school. <laughs> yeah, sure. We were talking before. She works at the zoo right now. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> And then she, you missed your, what was it, a year deadline to jump into CC? Yeah. The oh. orientation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, she does want to go to cosmetology, but now she'll have to pay for the course. But I'm sure you're more than capable of making that happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions before we log it off? Good job. Eileen, well, it was a pleasure having you on. I congratulate you again on your on your courage for coming on and sharing your story. I'm hoping it'll help many, many others. Um, I hope it can help others too. <laughs> and if anybody hears this, I know you're open to them reaching out to you. Um, is is Instagram the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, pretty much. I'm like okay. always on there. <laughs> yeah, and then so let the let say your handle so the people know where to get a hold of you of course we'll be tagging you in a bunch of things <laughs> <laughs> yeah that pretty much is just fun size <laughs> at un- underscore um oh at fun fun underscore underscore sized underscore underscore <laughs> oh is that why there's two bi- that that one big line it's yeah two oh yeah. okay okay <laughs> and this is podcast 20 21 21 All right, well, I want to thank everybody for listening. And until next time, we'll, you'll hear from us soon. <laughs>